You are listening to Anchored in Faith, formerly known as HCD Talks, the official podcast of Humano Corpus Dignitate. Hey, hello, everyone. This is Carlos Solorzano um, here with HCD Ministries, and Angel is also joining me. And we, our guest today is Anne DeSantis from Philadelphia. And We've been on a couple of her podcasts, and so we have invited her to join us today on ours. And Anne, you have an extensive background in doing tons of things, and it's it's very impressive. So I wanted to ask if you could just sort of give us the rundown of all that you do in the world of ministry. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, it's great to be here with you. And also... I want to thank both of you, Carlos and Angelica, for being a guest on the two podcasts that I do. Uh, one is an audio podcast that's called Sewing Hope. It's with Patchwork Heart Ministry. So that's one of the ministries that I do. And that's with my co-host. His name is Bill Snyder. And Patchwork Heart Ministry is located in Wisconsin. So although he's in Wisconsin, I'm in Philadelphia. We co-host this uh, great show every week where we interview people about uh, what they're doing in the world to make the world a better place, especially in Catholic ministry. Mm -hmm. And that's why we invited Carlos and Angelica and HCD Ministries to be a guest with us before. So that's the one thing that I do. Um, the other thing is uh, a show called Journeys in Faith, and that is on Fiat Ministry Network on Facebook Live. It's also on YouTube as well. And I interview people, same kind of thing. It's called Journeys in Faith. So I'm interviewing people about their faith journeys. And it's every Friday night at 8.30 Eastern. So um, they're the two ministries that I do. And then my main job is I am the director for a foundation. It's called the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. We are founded by a religious order called the Mercedarian Order. And they are headquartered in Philadelphia. And what we do as a foundation is we make spiritual outreach to families in crisis, especially families who are affected by divorce and separation. Um, and I've been with the foundation for a few years now already. <laughs> so they're my main jobs that I do. And then also I am a wife and a mother. My husband's name is Angelo. And we've been married for going to be 32 years already. <laughs> wow. Thank you. And I have two daughters that are in their 20s, Elaine, who's 24, and my daughter, Sean, is 22. So it's wonderful also to see them grow in their faith. And previous to being a working Catholic mother, I was a homeschooling mother. So I really enjoy that as well. And I homeschooled my I, kids. I admire you. Thank for you. Doing that. I can't yeah. do it. <laughs> I love the it. homeschooling thing. <laughs> yeah, it was wonderful. And I did it from uh, the time that they were very small, kindergarten age, to uh, we did do it through high school. And then they did wind up, um, my one daughter went to college, went off to college and stayed there. My other daughter decided that she wanted to live at home and commute. So it worked out great for both of them. Okay. Yes. Let me, let me ask you about that. Um, because um, a lot of people will ask me how I feel about that. You know, I'm a teacher by trade and um, I work at a Catholic school, but I've had a number of students over the years where 
high school was their first experience going to school. And um, there's been a lot of uh, stereotypes, I think is the proper word for kids who are homeschooled, because I've actually found, you know, my, my experience with these students who started in the high school level, they did fine. They, they, they were some of the more advanced students in terms of their academics, their, their behavior, their manners were, were very good. And I actually found them to be less likely to be caught up in a lot of the social problems, social issues. So, you know, I commend um, parents who do that. So could you kind of give us the gist of what you did and or what you know of what other parents who homeschool did to really provide that strong foundation for their kids? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it was a wonderful opportunity. Um, and if I could, I'm going to back up a little bit to explain why I did it too, if you don't mind. Um, sure. So, and this is going to be part of my conversion story, because I know you wanted to hear a little bit about that too. Oh, yes. Um, so this is going to be backing up about three years or so before I actually decided that I wanted to, uh, or that I delved into homeschooling was that I had my first daughter and the birth went very, very well. And I enjoyed being a stay at home mom with her when she was born. I decided to stay home. Um, and then my second daughter was pregnant with her. I had the delivery and the delivery went fine. Everything went fine, but it was about, um, six to eight weeks after the birth that I started feeling very, very, uh, maybe the word sick isn't the right word, but I was getting a lot of, um, shortness of breath. I was very dizzy. Uh, I mean, and I would push myself through the day because I had two little ones. Right. Mm -hmm. But I knew that something was not right. And so, um, it was at that point that I went to the doctor. They thought it was asthma and they did a lot of tests and things like that, but it took them some time to figure out that it was actually a disease called peripartum cardiomyopathy. And what that is, is that it's a very rare heart condition that you can get after pregnancy. And it's congestive heart failure is what it comes down to. So that's why it's very serious disease. There's some people who actually die from it. There's people who have to get a heart transplant. And then there are some people, of course, like me, who, thank God, they, they, they survive and they, they get through and they're able to keep going, right? Um, but the turning point for me in my faith life was that I had gotten the sacrament of the sick, which I'm, I know you're both familiar with that. And oh, yeah. many of your listeners are. I didn't know much about the sacrament of the sick back then. And my mother was the one that said to me, you should call your church and just have somebody come over and talk to you. And the priest brought along, of course, uh, the oil and, and offered to give me the sacrament of the sick. And that was a life changer. And so when I went back to the doctor after uh, a couple weeks or whatever it was from the diagnosis, they noticed that my ventricle had actually shrunk down to normal size. And it was like a miracle in my life because, uh, yeah, uh, and that was, yeah, really, thank you so much. It was, it was one of the best days in my life, actually. I mean, and it was right around the time of the, um, the feast day of, of St. Gianna, which I know you're familiar with her too. Oh, yeah. And it, it was April 28th. And, you know, that I think that's her feast day. And so it was an incredible thing that God brought that healing into my life. Well, from that point, then my, the Lord spoke to me about the gift of time. 
And that was when I made that decision to homeschool. So to get to your question was that, you know, my opinion about what families can do who want to delve in. The first thing that I did when I decided that I wanted to homeschool was to talk to as many people as I could about how to do it. Because I was a teacher by trade, just like you, mm-hmm. but it's much different than teaching at home. <laughs> oh yeah, It's I a lot imagine. different. It's a Absolutely. lot different. Right. And I, I, I was a substitute teacher for a year and I taught three years in a private school before I had kids. And, um, but it was much, much different. So I talked to a lot of people and then I found also a homeschooling co-op. First, it was a Christian one. And then I actually found a Catholic one. So I did both. And, you know, lo and behold, we, we continued on the process of homeschooling many, many years. And um, we did use a curriculum, but I will say we loosely used a curriculum because I did a lot of it on my own too, instead of just following someone else's plan for education. I tried to implement their interest in, into it as well, instead of just a canned curriculum, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say that the best advice that I can give to someone listening would be to start asking a lot of questions, especially to people that you may or may not know who are homeschooling and find out how they did it. People who are successful at it. That's probably the best advice I can give. Okay. That is an amazing story. And I mean, I've seen photos of your family and your daughters are so beautiful and you all look so joyful. Um, So that, you know, speaking of family, so you're involved with the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation. How did that come about um, and your and you um, your involvement in that? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's on, honestly working with this religious order is is my honor. And for people who don't know or have never heard of the Order of Mercy, it's the Mercedarian Friars USA and the third charism to their apostolate their vows are number one is poverty chastity obedience and then the fourth one is the willingness to give their lives for those who are in danger of losing their faith and so in 2015 the mercedarian friars went to the world meeting of families and when they were there they met someone named Rose Sweet. She is a national Catholic speaker who helps families who are affected by divorce. And from that meeting there, they decided that they wanted to begin an apostolate that would be helping families who have been wounded by divorce and separation. So they founded the organization. They founded this nonprofit. We are a 501c3. And from that point, they hired a director. I'm actually the second director. (laughs) Um, And for whatever reason, their original director was only with them for a few months, decided to move on. And it was right before an event was happening for the foundation. They were having a, a retreat for divorced Catholics, divorced and separated Catholics. And the priest came to me, who was the one that started this foundation, and said, I need help. I'm having this event, and I don't have anyone to help me with it. So I wound up helping him with that. And then, lo and behold, 
I was hired as first as an administrative assistant and then brought in as the director in January of 2018. So that's kind of how it started because I was a third order uh, Mercedarian, which is a prayerful, active member of the religious order. And that's how I knew them to begin with. And, um, and, and then I hopped on board as director and been there ever since. And we continue to make that outreach to families who are in crisis and also families affected by divorce and separation. Um, so in what ways um, have, do the outreach, do the outreaches work? Do you, um, do you just have group sessions or do you have individual sessions with the families? Um, exactly how does it work for them and what is the process? Well, thank you for asking. Now, as we know, we're in a pandemic right now. So everything that we do has been online with meetings. Uh, we either use something like Zoom or we, we have a platform called GoToMeeting that we use as well. But our, our ministry right now is threefold. Number one is prayer. So whoever is listening, in fact, for your listeners right now, if you're going through some kind of a crisis, if someone that you know is going through a, a real challenging time in family life, they can reach out to us. And know that you have the backing of a religious order that's praying for you, whatever whatever trouble you're in right now with your faith. Um, and I'll just give them my email address too. It's director.srnf at gmail.com. Or you can simply go to nonatis.org, which is our website, and go to the homepage there and just send me a prayer request. Uh, so first is prayer. I mean, next is we offer podcasts and videos on our website and YouTube channel with all different topics that are related to uh, family crisis. So we also have our own YouTube channel, which the name of our YouTube channel is Philly Nonatus, Philly like Philadelphia, Nonatus like St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation. And just subscribe there and then you can check out all those great videos and topics that we have uh, for people who really need to get some help. Now, the main thing that we do though when you were saying about meeting with people, we used to do group uh, sessions, but what we decided to do was make it a little more personal. So people can call and get an individual spiritual consultation meeting with a Mercedarian friar. It will be your own meeting instead of meeting with a group of people, because this way a lot of people have issues that they don't really want to share with a lot of others. So uh, we have a Mercedarian friar who will spend as many sessions as you need to talk about whatever spiritual issues you have, you, that he will be praying for you, and you will make a great friendship there with a, with a Mercedarian order. So that's what we're doing right now. That's so that's, wonderful. That's amazing. Thank, thank you. I mean, it's just thinking about all these different people who are struggling, their families, and you were saying about you know about to close to losing their faith because um, you know one of the one of the real sobering and humbling things I've had to deal with the last 10 years has been just seeing, I mean, I've always had to deal with broken families in my occupation, but it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's gotten worse or whatever, but it's just the, the different experiences are becoming so just hard to hear. And I can only imagine what the children are going through. These, these kids who, you know, will go on retreats or whatever, get to hear their stories or some of them will, um, you know, you mentioned the pandemic earlier, you know, obviously I, I'm one who's not really fond of teaching on Zoom, but um, with having to assign more online assignments um, or just 
varying my assignments. I've I've had more kids who in the past normally were just kind of quiet and listen to what we talk about in class. And now they'd be sharing more in writing. And so I got to learn a little bit more about them. But then that also meant I got to see a lot more of what they're going through in terms of their, their family life and their struggles. And you do what you can, but it's like, sometimes, you know, you can refer them to counseling at the school, whatever, but it's like, I, I'm just astounded how much some of these pe- these kids are going through. And of course, I know it's people all over the world. So to hear about this ministry is just phenomenal. Thank you all Thank of you, you for doing this. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate your saying that. And the Mercedarian Religious Order is very, very special too. Um, they were founded in Spain in the year 1218 in Barcelona, Spain. And there's a host of saints there too. I'm going to give everybody the their website in case someone is listening and especially someone who might be interested in a vocation as well. Um, it's orderofmercy.org. Uh, um, we are in four cities in the United States, uh, the, the religious order. We are in Philadelphia, which is where we're headquartered. We are also in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, Cleveland, Ohio, and also in Western New York, close to uh, the Buffalo, Rochester area. Um, but we also have a presence in other places within the United States. But for this particular, um, they call it a province because they're connected with the, what they call the Roman province for this, um, th- for their order right now, meaning, I guess, to Rome, you know, the main, the main um, superiors and vicars and everything are located um, in, in Rome, you know, the Mercedarian friars. So yeah, it's very, very interesting. And I've learned so much. Uh, and it's just my honor to serve them through their charism. You know, there's so many people that are in danger of losing their faith. And like I said, that is that fourth vow is, is being that, that willingness to lay down their lives. Um, you know, today's captivities are a lot different than the ones from when the religious order started. Right. I mean, now we have things like divorce and separation, drug addiction, alcoholism, uh, other types of addictions, so that's what they're doing, and that's that's why we make that outreach to those families who are in crisis. There's a lot of reasons why families are in crisis, as you both know. Oh yes, absolutely. And you know, I mean, just statistically, you see how many more divorces are happening, and it's even happening in couples that are that have been married for over 20 years now. They're suddenly deciding to get divorced. I guess once the children are older feeling, maybe feeling like, you know, oh, my children are older, it's okay. And that's not, you know, it still affects families no matter what, and it's still painful no matter what. And so a lot of people do start to question, you know, everything that they believe in once they start to get into this crisis. My question to you, and I know it sounds like the friars are the ones that are more hands-on with it, but have you been able, I'm pretty sure you've, um, especially before the pandemic, have been able to um, meet with some of the families as well. Are there any um, stories in general, Not maybe not naming names, but are there any stories that you have seen um, such a conversion maybe in in them, within them, that um, through this foundation? Oh, thank you so much. I would say that what I've seen the most, um, there's always conversions, like deeper conversions. Um, 
I would say a very, very high percentage of our clients and people who come to us are very, very devoted to their faith. Um, most of them already are very committed to their faith, but they're dealing with some type of issue. Either it's a divorce. A lot of times I've, I've seen a lot of like uh, husbands or wives that they're dealing with that have addiction problems. So they may be daily mass people who are very devoted to their faith, but the spouse that they are separated from or whatever has some kind of addiction issues. Um, so I'd say that what I've seen probably the most is not so much that those people that come to me who were unbelievers who are now suddenly believing, because like I said, a lot of our clients are very devoted to their faith. Um, what I see more is that they have gotten the help that they needed to keep going in their faith and to feel supported and validated. So I probably see more of that than anything else. Um, uh, we get a lot of people also that um, we are always praying for marriages to be healed and we are always praying for families to, to be able to reconcile. And that is our number one goal. But to be quite blunt, um, a lot of the people who come to us are people who are already long divorced as well. Um, and they're still having some family issues with their ex-husbands and things like that, or they're ex-wives, if that makes any sense. Um, so they're getting the support that they need through us and through the counsel, like the, the, the spiritual consultation to be able to deal with situations that still happen as a result of that divorce or that separation. They're getting the support that they need to feel like somebody cares and somebody will listen. It does. I don't think that it means that their lives have become perfect. A lot of times they still will be separated or divorced um, just because that's who our clients are mostly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like most of them are already long divorced or they've been divorced for a few years already. Um, but I've seen that they have felt very, very supported by what we do and being able to communicate better with their ex-husbands or their ex-wives, uh, learning skills uh, of how to deal with, you know, I'm going to bring up a topic that I think is very hard, but there's something that exists called personality disorders as well. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of families that are dealing with, you know, family members who have pretty severe personality disorders. And as Catholics, what we do is we know we can't fix that, right? We can't make it so that this person doesn't have this narcissistic personality or whatever it is, but we can help our client and the person that we're dealing with on how to set proper boundaries with people who are really mentally not stable, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I think, um, yes. you know, we all, that, that's the thing is, you know, oftentimes, Divorce isn't necessarily from one thing. A lot of times it is a, a mixture of mental health issues that occur and addiction. Like you said, mental health is a big thing. And sometimes, um, you know, no matter how much you love somebody, there's really only so much that you can do. And it does eventually lead to divorce because it does wear you down. I think one of the more powerful things is, I mean, we know that divorce is not actually uh, is is frowned upon according to church teaching and sometimes i think um others in the faith they tend to shun away 
the people that are going through broken families without really understanding their situation. So I think what makes this so powerful is you have people of faith who are going through this, and now they're being reaffirmed by somebody within the faith. Um, and so I think getting that support that it's not just a, it's, and that spiritual support is very important. Um, one of the things I'd like to ask is if, uh, you know, within your, within their spiritual consultations, oftentimes you'll hear something while they're confiding um, to the friars, um, you know, about their situation. Does the order also have maybe a list of resources that when they need help with something, they can point them in the, in the right direction? Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah, we worked pretty hard on that. In fact, thank you for mentioning it. Um, it is on our website. If you go to helpful resources, there is a drop down there that says outside resources. And we have, I can't tell you how many, but probably anywhere between like 50 to 70 or something like that links of different, whatever your issue is. Um, a lot of it is counseling. People want to go to a a Christian or a Catholic counselor. And we have some people there that we recommend um, and other things, whether they have some kind of an addiction, there's all kinds of addictions, as you both know, and your listeners know. So we have a lot of things about addictions there. Um, so yeah, we tried to point them in the right direction and we try to give them as much support as we can. Um, and, and you were asking me again in the last question about me, my meeting different families. I mean, I have had an opportunity to meet with people and families at some of the in-person things that we've done. Uh, but a, a vast majority of what I've done has either been on the phone or on a zoom call or on a go-to meeting call, especially during the pandemic. Um, but that's been a joy to get to know them. I've made some friends, honestly, I've made a couple of, a couple friends that have even become volunteers for our group. People who got a lot out of, of the help that we, we've given them. Like one example, you, you were asking about an example, is a woman, I won't give her name. Um, she's in her mid-60s. She was divorced a long, long time ago. But she still felt the effects from that divorce because a lot of her kids still weren't going to church. Um, her ex-husband was kind of, um, you know, I, I don't know him personally, so I can't say a whole lot. But I know that based on what she told me, that he did have one of those like personality disorders and he was very uh, psychologically abusive to her. Um, but what she got from us was she got uh, a listening ear, friendship, and some good advice in dealing with her kids to being patient with them about their relationship with her and her, and also about the church as well. And, and she was even uh, involved with our podcast. So it's, it's amazing that we became friends and very grateful to her for being a part of it. So if anyone, um, so all of these links, by the way, they will be on the website um, and in the podcast notes for this podcast. So if you go to hcdtalks.com or po um, slash podcast, all of the notes will be on there with all these links and resources. And I will be linking that resource page in particular for anyone who would like to utilize and or see that list of resources and they need anyone to reach out to them. Um, and 
you, this ministry is just so amazing. And I, you know, it is so needed now. Um, my, I know you keep mentioning divorced families, but are there any of your clients that are not actually divorced? They're just struggling through some problems that can cause some brokenness. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, I would say that we have had couples come to us, um, whether they be male or females, we usually just get one, one contact to begin with. And then maybe we might hear from another one, uh, or, or that they might join on a call or something like that once in a, once in a blue moon kind of thing. Um, but yeah, we've gotten people who, um, death in the family illnesses. Um, and when we get our prayer request, I would say a lot of them have to do with sicknesses. I mean, people who are dealing with a spouse that has some kind of terminal illness, um, other things like that. So yeah, that can be a big crisis for people is when you're dealing with someone who has a life-threatening illness and, and other things that, that can be difficult for families. Definitely. Um, so it, it's interesting cause I'm hearing your story and obviously with our ministry focusing a lot on the dignity of the human person, you know, obviously that there's, there's a, it's almost like I'm reminding me of those images of Christ with the woman caught who was uh, accused of adultery and he essentially lifts her up, you know, tries to pull her out of her sins. And, you know, there's so many ways that we can really affirm the person. So what I wanted to do is kind of shift gears a little bit. I'm really curious about something else I, I read on your page regarding your, your involvement in what they call 50 plus modeling and acting. Oh, thanks. <laughs> that's separate. That's a, that's nothing to okay. do with the foundation. Obviously that's a uh -huh. personal, it's a personal hobby. Um, and I, as you said, I live in the Philadelphia area and I guess it was about six or seven years ago. I had been a stay at home mom for many, many years. And my mother had, uh, suggested because a friend of hers had seen uh, some pictures of me and say, your daughter would make a good like 40 plus or whatever model because there's a lot of opportunities for people in the Philadelphia area for commercials and um, other, you know, background for TV shows and things like that. So uh, I said, well, why not? I'll try it out. And so I got trained, uh, went through uh, an agency. And from that time, and I guess it was from 2014, I have done a little bit of work with, um, QVC. I don't know if you're familiar with QVC No. and a lot of skincare products. Tell us about it. Skin. The, yeah. QVC is a, uh, a channel, a, a TV channel where it's like kind of one of those like home shopping network kind of thing. But, um, if, if okay. you, some people may, may or may not have heard of QVC, but they're located in, in the Philadelphia area. So I've done a lot of, um, tested out a lot of different skincare products and then done before and after photos and, um, been a couple on a couple backgrounds for some shows and, and just uh, some pharmaceutical ads and things like that. But it's something that I do as a part time. And I always, whenever I do that, I always try to make sure that I do things that are according to my faith. Um, don't get involved in anything that would be, uh, questionable if that makes any mm -hmm. sense. Cause there's a lot of stuff that is. Oh yeah. And I would, I was real curious because I'm a musician as well. Like I perform so in where I live is a lot of country music. So it's funny how a lot of those songs will have faith elements in the songs. But of course, there's a lot of 
um, quote unquote, interesting things that go with that type of scene. So in the past, you know, I've had people question what I do, you know, is, is this, is this compromising your faith or, and I was just curious because, you know, especially the modeling, the acting, I know sometimes some Catholics and Christians of other denominations right away will kind of raise an eyebrow to something like that. And I, and I realized, and I wanted to share this with you because I don't know if this is would, would surprise you or be kind of rare. I live in a small town south of Tucson, and my daughter has been taking ballet at this at the studio near nearby for years. And what what I love about it is we don't have any of those dance mom rivalries. The girls are so good to each other. I know a lot of that's a reflection of the woman who owns the studio. And what I love most about it is when they have their recitals. I don't even know if we're following the right etiquette, but these girls go on stage, they look gorgeous in all their outfits. And as soon as they're done dancing, the whole place just screams and cheers for them. The parents, the grandparents, everyone. So these girls are all just smiling the whole night and they're lifting each other up. And I almost kind of dread, you know, my daughter having to grow up and go because she keeps talking about dancing professionally. And I'm like, well, it's a whole other world out there. So it's like, you know, I've experienced that as well. So I'm, I'm sure you have as well. But oh yeah, have you had any people kind of, you know, like raise an eyebrow over what you're doing, you know, say the people in the church or whatever, or, and just curious if that's been uh, something that you've gone through as well. I, well, at least to my face, they don't, I've never had it happen in that way. Um, I usually explain to them why I do it and I really downplay it because it is something that I really just do as a hobby and to really make a little bit of extra money for the family because you can do one job and make, you know, $500 or a thousand dollars. And it's nice, you know, it's just nice to, to be able to bring the, bring in a little extra money for the family, uh, just from doing like a one day photo shoot or something, but you do have to ask a lot of questions. And, and that has happened mm -hmm. to me. I would say I've, I've turned down way more work or even applied for, uh, there's a lot of things I haven't even applied for because I knew it was, it was against my belief system. Mm -hmm. So I usually will be very careful about what I'm doing and, and it has to be modest. It has to be with a company that I think is okay. Now, have there been times where later on, did I find out that, Hmm, it wasn't as great as I thought. Yeah. I mean, that's happened sometimes, you know, or they had some kind of connection that I wasn't happy about. Um, but for the most part over the years, I've tried to do things that, uh, there were really not, not that many issues, if that makes any sense, you know? Oh yeah. And I um, think I yeah. love it because I know, uh, John Paul II had said, you know, I'm paraphrasing, you know, give me artists that will change the world. You know, the Catholic church has been a huge patron of the arts for years because art itself can really move people's hearts. And so I think it's something we shouldn't fear, but then also, um, like what's kind of funny is, is, is my, my family history is my, my dad's father was an alcoholic. So my father was not a drinker. He, he had a lot of bad memories from that. So I was never around it. So a lot of times I get teased by my bandmates and it's just, you know, they're ribbing, you know, guys ribbing you about, you know, they'll have a couple beers and I, I don't, I, I, I just don't drink. It's my choice. And, uh, they'll tease me a little bit, but I mean, I, I don't do it. And, um, you know, sometimes I think people fail to see that, you know, we in ministry have to get our hands dirty. I mean, we're asking you questions about your experiences with different ministries you work with. And of course, we get to see sometimes people at their worst, but we also have to remind ourselves that they're suffering, that they're in knee deep in sin and they need to be lifted out. So 
sometimes I, I see it as, hey, I can be in the middle of all this. And if I just go do my job, but I'm still treating everyone with love and respect and conducting myself properly, you know, could that serve as an example to someone who really needs to see that? Maybe they, they're doing something else out of peer pressure, trying to fit in. And I'm showing them, no, you can just be yourself and enjoy what you're doing, but yet not have to cave in and give into all these, you know, some, sometimes these crazy things that happen in, in the artistic world. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I have to say it has been a real learning experience being involved with it. And, um, and I've heard a lot of conversations where I have to be honest that I've disagreed with some of the things I've heard and I've had to walk away and things like that. Because being a person of faith in, in the uh, creative world and the acting world or whatever is rare. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and especially Catholic. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, um, but that doesn't mean that uh, it's not worth it for me to be there because I think my presence in some of the things that I've done uh, makes a difference for them because I, I'm not afraid of my faith and I'm not afraid to talk about it. Now, I, I probably don't, uh, I'm not like an active evangelizer when I'm on set, you know, like running around and talking about my faith. But I think a lot of people know where I stand. And if the topic comes up, then I bring it up, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go there if it, yeah. if it comes up. Um, but it's been very interesting. And, and for yeah. the most part, it's just, like I said, for me, it's, um, I don't have any desire to become famous with this. I, I, it, it really is just a way for me to bring in a little bit of extra money here and there for the family. And, um, and if it's a way that I can shine out my Catholic faith as well, that's really a good reason to, um, to be a Catholic 55 plus model actress or whatever, uh, I like to say first Catholic, the very beginning of that sure. of that title. <laughs> you know. I think it's wonderful too because um, you know you probably had this experience too, where you know people will surprise you, like or they'll like I've seen you know, I meet people and right away they ask me, "Is this all you do?" Because they just see me performing. I go, "No, no, I, I work. I have a regular job. I mean, I have a family and all that." So I tell them I'm a teacher, and of course their first assumption is I, I teach music. I'm like, no. <laughs> and then, of course, being a drummer, like, oh, you must be a PE teacher. I'm like, no. And then they're like, what do you teach? And I'm like, theology. And they're like, really? And it's funny because, you know, they don't expect that. And then, you know, they, they may look at their watch or something like that and say, what time do you guys go on? I go, oh, we go on like 15 minutes. They go, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, sure. And it's, it's it'll be a theological question. And I'm sitting there in this country bar, you know, they're, we're talking about God and I'm thinking that this is actually kind of cool, but it just shows that the the human heart is always hungry to be filled by what's going to really fulfill it. And that's a chance for us to remind these people that it's not the music. It's not the acting. It's not a person. It's, it's the Lord. So when I get that chance at work, I mean, that's what I do every day. But I mean, as far as when I'm out at a gig, it just, I mean, I'll just, be smiling all the way home thinking, man, I might have really reached out to someone and maybe hopefully pray that they made a difference in their lives. Yeah, absolutely. Because we need Catholics in every aspect of society, don't we? And somebody said that to me one time that they're not my words, by the way. Someone said that to me when they made kind of a big deal about me being involved in that business. And I, I said, well, I'm really, it's really just a hobby for me. And they said, well, I think it's great because you know, we need Catholics in every aspect of 
artistic world and in the business world everywhere. So, I mean, I didn't even look at it that way, but since someone enlightened me, I forget who that was, by the way, um, I, I, it's made me think to myself that, yeah, maybe my presence in some of these situations is important. Amen and to I that. Think, I think, you know, I tell Carlos all the time, like God puts you where you need to be. And I think sometimes where you need to be is somewhere to help somebody get through whatever um, crisis that they're going through and help them out spiritually or be that, you know, be that ear that they need, whatever it is, um, you know, no matter what we're doing, we'll find that it, we end up, we as Catholics end up being able to reach out to somebody in a very Christ-like loving way that maybe doesn't happen at, that often. Um, and then you'll find out later that person really needed it. And so, and you are such a phenomenal woman Thank all you. around, <laughs> um, such a wonderful family woman, and you're doing such amazing work with this ministry that with all the ministries that you are a part of. Um, so thank you so much for your entire contribution to all of our communities and um, every all the links that were mentioned and more to all the links to Patchwork Heart Ministries and Fiat Ministry um, journeys in faith, all of those links, um, the YouTube pages for that and for St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, they will all be found on the podcast notes for this podcast. Um, you can see the podcast notes at hcdtalks.com slash podcast. Um, so thank you so much for all of that you're doing. Um, and especially for helping the broken families, um, whether it's broken because of divorce or because everyone's going through a hard time with maybe a terminal illness, addiction, whatever it is, you can find resources um, on the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation website. I will have all of that information again on the podcast notes. So um, do you oh, have any last you. words, Anne? Well, my last words are just to thank the two of you for your wonderful ministry. And if, if your listeners haven't heard the podcast that you did with us, I would just invite them to go over to Patchwork Heart Ministry on YouTube and look it up because they did a wonderful job on the Sewing Hope podcast. And they were also guests on Journeys in Faith, which is also on Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network. So listen to that beautiful podcast with Carlos Salazano and also Angelica Delalana. Uh, thank you both. You're doing amazing work. And I'm really blessed that. to know you and, and build a friendship with the two of you. For additional episodes, videos, blogs, and more, visit us at www.hcdtalks.com or follow us on any of our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at HCDTalks. Thank you so much for listening.